Gabriella Balcom won the right to have a novel published by Clarendon House Publishing when one of her stories was voted best in the anthology in which it appeared. Her book, On the Wings of Ideas, came out following this. What's your favorite genre? Fantasy? Horror? Sci-fi? Romance? Literary fiction? This multi-genre collection of short stories includes all of that and more and has something for everyone. Gabriella's stories will alternately move you and bring you to tears, captivate or horrify you, and have you on the edge of your seat. Don't miss out. Be sure to get a copy today. All her life, Joan placed herself into the hands of men who failed her. Joan does the unthinkable for a woman in 1960, leaving her small town of Gainesfield. As an accomplished musician, Joan served her country in the first ever women's Air Force band, San Antonio, Texas. She unwittingly becomes part of a brainwashing experiment. After her Air Force service, returning to society is particularly hard for Joan, so much so that she has spent a good deal of her life in a mental institution. As a patient in a VA hospital, Joan is found murdered. Small-town secrets, whispers behind closed doors, stolen records, serve to solve the mystery of what the hell happened to Joan. This book is a work of fiction, but very well could have happened. Gabriella Balcom's thrilling sci-fi novella, The Return. The world doesn't know about the compound hidden underground and the wealthy investors funding it want things to stay that way. Although it's the year 2027, most of the facility's research is illegal. If animal rights activists had an inkling of what went on, they'd clamor for justice. Human rights activists would scream from the rooftops. By the time 2030 arrives... Researchers have worked for a while with feline service units and human replicas, HRs, who are virtual prisoners with no rights. More and more of them are dying and they long for freedom. Surprisingly, one of the top scientists isn't happy with the status quo either. Tensions are mounting and things are not as they appear. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Mythbits. You made an excellent choice. Welcome to the World of Mythbits. I am your host, Jenna Sparks, and this is episode 163. It is the long-awaited review episode for issue 104, I believe. I hope. (laughs) My notes say. Uh, Yeah, so we are here with the review. And uh, before we jump into that, let's go ahead and go over the, the housekeeping of the week. So first and foremost... Everyone ought to go ahead and head over to MythMart.com and pre-order a copy of Stumbling in Crazy Town by Miss Peggy Gerber. 
and uh, each book will ship beginning February 8th. Uh, while you are there, don't forget to grab a copy of the World of Myth Anthology Volume 4 and a copy of the 2022 World of Myth Calendars. Also, the website for Dark Myth Publications is now live at www.darkmythpublications.com. So head over there and take a look-see and even send in your pitch for your book for the 2023 lineup. I won't lie. I got, I got, like, I don't know if anybody knows. I talk about it and I've, I've put forward, like, I've put forward one story into the magazine so far. Um, I used to write. Like, that was my life. My whole goal was to be a writer. Um, and I've, I mean, I've been writing since I was 10-ish, 12-ish. pre pubescent, you know? <laughs> um... And that was, that was my whole thing. So it's kind of nice because I feel like, like, I start and stop with a lot of ideas and then I discourage myself, I think, like a lot of people do. Um, but feels nice. I've got a little, little tickle of ideas, uh, for this year. So hopefully I can actually, uh, focus on writing more because I miss it and that was, Like my whole, that was my whole thing. Like I was, I was the writer, (laughs) you know, my, my friend group. So, uh, yeah, I miss, I miss those days, uh, where it consumed 99.9% of my life. Now it consumes nothing because I have, I have busied myself (laughs) far too many other things. But, uh, what did we talk about? Uh, the, the last podcast of 2021, I believe, or was it the first podcast of 2022? One of them talk about, you know, priority, prioritizing. So anyway, enough about me. Uh, <laughs> I just am very excited. I'm, I'm in the, the beginning stages. And I think every writer knows that, that like, that feeling, that, that like surge of electricity where you're like, hmm. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> so... Uh, Again, we are issue 104 of The World of Myth, and it was a really good issue. I I mean, every issue is really good. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't want to be like, oh, this issue is better than another one. It's not like that. It's just every issue kind of, I don't know, it's it's weird as you read through all of them, and and I have to look at them, you know, uh, through a very... objectification you know like I really have to objectify these and so you kind of start like reading into to the everything that that each story has in common so to speak so anyway moving on because now I'm just rambling and and I think everybody uh, doesn't want to listen to me ramble. They want to hear the reviews. So let's jump into it. And we will begin with our Drabble and Flash section in our first story. The Tale of a Mermaid by Glow Curl. Uh, well, dang. If that isn't a slick way to open the issue. I love that in such a short story, Glow took us on a journey. <laughs> 
me in particular, but I feel like like there was a journey there. Uh, I genuinely thought, okay, maybe maybe Gran will have turned out to be the mermaid through some kind of like magic or something, or that even like Granddad was having just a, like having a laugh, you know, uh, just genuinely going all over the place of curiosity. And then that moment hit and everything just fell into place in such a beautiful way. <clears throat> the end was stunning. Uh, it, it made me gasp a little bit when we came to that conclusion. Uh, it was excellent and an absolutely delightful piece. Glow, thank you very much. Next story, Reduced for Quick Sale by Len Sakula. Uh, I feel as though this is a tale made uh, conjured from the ever-so-catchy coin-operated boy by the Dresden Dolls. Uh, look it up if you don't know what I'm talking about. And so I tip my hat to you, sir, for a sly, slick little piece. This is one that I definitely read over a couple times because I enjoyed it. It was just really silly and funny. And I got a chuckle out of it. So wonderful work, Len. And the next story, Because of the Rain by Alan Ashley. I love plays on words. I, I just think they're so funny. I think Alan did quite a humorously delightful uh, job at that. It took me a minute, I won't lie, uh, to actually get what the intention was. Until it finally clicked and then I felt like a, a you know, dum-dum. Uh, but I also just really enjoyed that journey because it was fun and it was silly and it was really quite funny. So really an absolutely fun piece. Thank you very much, Alan. And next up we have Tansy by Gabriella Balcom. I quite enjoyed the whimsy and the childish delight of this piece from Gabriella. It was just genuinely a pleasant read. Something that, and, and please hear me out when I when I use this term, I'd use this this piece like as brain bleach, in that it's just happy and enjoyable and so pleasing to read, and it fills your brain with uh, the like it it cleanses any kind of nastiness in there. You know what I mean? Uh, so absolutely lovely work, Gabriella. And next up, we have something better. Tease number six. Preparations are made by Jim Bates. I love these characters uh, so, so much. And don't forget to go ahead and get your copy of Something Better on MythMart.com because this story uh, still stands at an absolutely, as an absolutely brilliant one. And uh, I think everybody needs to get their hands on this, the actual physical copy of this, this story. So, next up, The Ringmaster's Challenge by Timothy Law. Uh, don't like that. <laughs> don't like that at all. I liked the story. Don't get me wrong. I loved it. Uh, who am I kidding? I absolutely love how Tim toyed with this idea. Of course you're unsettled initially because honestly... Personally, I don't find circuses to be entirely joyous places. Uh, and then by the end of this piece, I was completely gobsmacked. Like my mouth literally dropped just because I wasn't sure where we were headed from the get-go. So excellent and mischievously scary work, Tim. And then, fi not finally, but next up we have Don't, Don't Push the Canadian 
by Stephanie J. Barty. Oh, to be a fly on the wall as Steph found inspiration for this story. Can't say I'd really want to, honestly. So I think this is easily comprehensible and makes me feel quite empathetic <laughs> for this mysterious Canadian daughter. Uh, gee, I wonder whom. Uh, I also wish this totally fictitious character all the best in all of these uh, fictitious travels and to proceed with cautious, uh, caution and restraint during these uh, fictitious times. Uh, <laughs> I hate to say it's humorous, but it was. So excellent work, Steph. Next story, Christmas Cheer by Kate McDonald Dunbar. Oh, Kate. <laughs> Only you could write this story with your humor and delivery. I thought it was silly and funny. And I had to bite my tongue a time or two uh, reading some of these quips like, oh, snap, you know, those were, those were, whoo. Uh, <laughs> I would selfishly enjoy a prologue, you know, but that's strictly me again because uh, it would be... It, I'm just curious, you know, just curious. That's all. Uh, I thought it was just a fun, dark little take on office life in those most excitable occasions of uh, Christmas parties. Uh, so wonderful piece, Kate. And next, now we're, we're at the final story. Uh, through in Drow and Flash. Through Wolf Like Eyes by David K. Montoya. Well, okay, mysterious stranger. It probably doesn't help that I've been binging Dexter for the second time. Uh, and now I want uh, Mr. Morgan, Dexter Morgan, to decide what to do with this predator. Or is this more of a supernatural episode? I need mm, I need somebody to weigh in here. Uh, point is, interestingly haunting uh, and maniacal little piece that is a little freaking scary uh didn't didn't need to read this one so close to bed so thank you dave and now we tackle children's literature and our first story is the neighbor chapter four the yellow maze by timothy law i really enjoy this chapter up to this point it's probably my favorite i think it's a perfect transitional chapter um that's about to lead us into very uneasy territory. Like the whole story is uneasy because we're we're not sure exactly what's happening. But my favorite line from this one has to, from the entire story. I think this is probably my favorite part. Uh, is when uh, none shall pass without my permission, followed by may I have your permission, and then. Well, I don't, I don't see why not. <laughs> it just made me giggle because it felt so perfect for this story because it is not what you'd anticipate or expect. I just thought that was absolutely quite hilarious. So thank you very much for this chapter, Tim. And I cannot wait for the fifth edition. And next we have Fantasy, starting with Whisperings by Steve Carr. What a stunningly haunting piece. It it errs on creepy, you know, not in the ghostly sense, but in that this is creepy behavior. And I think it's painted in such a way that it doesn't necessarily feel creepy because this being can't 
be physically predatory, uh, but it's the it's the factor of that that ownership. So I think Steve presented it in such a fascinating way in exploring that depth of want and desire until it teeters on uh, predatory because, of course, it, it doesn't register as such, especially for a narrator. So really terrific and entertaining and spooky, eerie work, Steve. And next up, we have Susie's Wish, part one of three by Gabriella Balcom. Uh, ooh, dang, those fairy stipulations and rules. I'm very eager to see where we go from here. I love Gabriella delving into fantasy, and this is such an excellent example of how well this piece has been executed. I really hate that I have to wait uh, for the next part because I'm so enamored and curious what's to follow because the ideas are limitless, you know? So this piece really moved my imagination, and I love when a writer is capable of that. So this is just genuinely an excellent first part, and I'm so thrilled and excited for part two. Thank you very much, Gabriella. And next up, we have Petra's Tale, part 11 by Timothy Law. You know what? This is undeniably unfair. Uh, what's going to happen at the meeting? <laughs> okay. I did, I, when I read this, I genuinely had like a little tantrum. Uh, <laughs> I loved this chapter, though. There was beautiful momentum where it felt like the two worlds finally like really collided. Um, I don't know how to explain it. It just it's how I felt while reading it. I admired how Ulan, though opposed in the long run, uh, actually took the time to try and understand how his people could help the humans in their you know in their fight, essentially. and it it felt so refreshingly and sensically uh, <laughs> Uh, beautiful to have that moment. I don't know. Um, and it was relieving that he wasn't super hot headed. And I mean, he was stubborn, but he wasn't, he wasn't so stubborn to just not even hear, hear the whole thing out, you know? Um, I just really appreciated it. And I also, I love uh, Sienna, the character. She is so terrific. And I feel like Tim has a lot of fun writing her. And that shows and translates super well. Uh, so now I'm going to spend the next month chewing my nails and wait for the next chapter. So thanks. Thanks, Tim. Thanks. Seriously, though, thank you very much. It was really a really great chapter. All right. And now we will delve into horror and our first story unfinished by kate mcdonald dunbar uh the vampire becomes the vampire hunter mm -hmm. i dug this piece a lot i really 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 have to applaud kate here too because i i don't like historical fiction um it's it's very hard for me to genuinely enjoy uh, period pieces just because I think of the reality of the putridness of the elements in the atmosphere. Um, and it's gross. So I really, really like that Kate points out, you know, like the, the platform shoes were actually legitimately worn to keep mud and the poo-poo uh, 
from your garment, you know, from from the bottom of your skirts and whatnot, and uh, your feet. So I just, I don't know if, I don't find a lot of romanticism in historical fiction, so I absolutely love Kate called it out loud and proud. <laughs> also, the factor that, no, this really is hardly like the romanticism of uh, the vampires we've come to know today. This is a, br- like, the brutal reality, and it's a nice comp. I felt like it was a really nice compromise, uh, because it f- felt, and tell me, Kate, if I'm totally off base or if I'm on it here, it just felt like it was a beautiful homage to the late Anne Rice. And if it was, or if it wasn't, it was still a really wonderful read. It just really felt like a nice, um, a nice homage to, uh, the, the author who recently passed away, which is really, really sad. Anyway, very entertaining story. And thank you very much, Kate. And next up, we have The Rise and Fall of the Effort Empire, part three out of three by James Rumpel. I love this trilogy. It just feels like such a perfect embodiment of who James is as a writer. And it's just such a fun, uh, whimsical tale with such a pleasing, happy outcome that genuinely just made me smile. It was impossible not to fall in love with the Effers and only want the best for them. <laughs> They're a silly folk and seemed like so much fun to write for James because they were so much fun to read as an audience. Uh, just a wonderful finale to this piece and I cannot wait to see what James has up his sleeve next. So no pressure though. No pressure. Uh, all the pressure actually. No, none. None. All right, next up we have Penance, part nine. It seems weird that we're already nine parts into Penance. It feels like it, it literally just came out like, what, like three issues ago? No, nine issues ago. All right, Penance, part nine, Unremembered Memories by Stephanie J. Barty. I really found this chapter um, interesting, and I'm really fascinated in the direction we're headed. I... I'm enjoying this connection between Marlon and Reese and to see the depth of it all because uh, I think, again, the ideas are absolutely limitless uh, when we really stop to think about how this connection works and what what else is going to occur <laughs> based off of this connection alone. If Marlon and Reese can, like, physically and mentally feel where and what one another is doing, thinking, whatever, I I have a feeling it's going to be so much more <laughs> than that. It's just, I think we're going to expand a whole lot in the long run. And I am very interested in learning more about Adrian and these newly unforgotten memories. So very, very fascinating chapter, Stephanie. I loved it. All right, and that shall lead us over into the action and suspense category. And our first story is Senseless by Adele Evershed. Uh, And this is why sign language ought to be a part of the curriculum across the world uh, in all schools. Uh, (laughs) This story freaks me out. There's there's a lot to unpack uh, in terms of, of what it would mean worldwide. For, for something like this. Then again, I mean, look at the reality of today. So uh, point is, I think this is such an interesting idea 
and do hope that there is a part two. If not, I love the ending because it's just chilling enough to make it like I shuddered. You know, it was so creepy um, and so satisfying. But again, I'm spoiled, so I will very much enjoy chapter two. But strictly personal desires. Uh, just an excellent and fascinating story. Wonderful work, Adele. And next up we have The Dragonfly by Jim Bates. I loved this story. Uh, it was so entertaining and satisfying and such an interesting idea. I really appreciate the retribution aspect because, of course, we, we have to wonder, was it really Ben? <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe this was a trauma response from Katie. Maybe it was something she just needed to do. I don't know. I know there's wonder and majesty to this idea and concept, but I think it's just really fun to explore all the way Jim poses these ideas that are easy to kind of dig, like to dig a little deeper into and really ponder and mull it over, like just easy to think on, you know? So excellently delightful piece, Jim. And next up we have Love Lost by Alice Grimrose. There's something to be said about a story like this because it's, truly terrifying, you know, um, it's, it's so real, you know, unfortunately this isn't, uh, it didn't feel necessarily like a work of fiction, um, but this complete control and ownership, like, I really appreciate how Alice was able to convey that in just, just subtle enough ways, you know, the way the wife was revered as something almost otherworldly, uh, or something, very objectifiable, you know, uh, there was, there were the subtleties of the whole, you made me do it rhetoric, uh, when it came to, to the cheating part. And I don't know, this is just a terrifying piece that just hits hard in terms of something that happens far too often. So just a really intensely, uh, and interesting exploration on that dynamic. And I think Alice did it wonderfully. And next up, we have The End, Story 3, Traveling the Unknown. Nothing like a stress dream to put things into perspective. And in this case, it looks like we've got a big old case of guilt. It's funny because that is one of, one thing that always gets me, uh, we've become a bit more familiar with it in today's age of apocalyptic entertainment <laughs> but there's something really interesting I'm so sorry Dave that I just totally botched your review <laughs> apocalyptic entertainment uh, but there's something really interesting about the way so many characters just proceed you know uh, and I get it like when faced with circumstances beyond imagination we have no idea how we're going to deal with it. But it's just always so wild to me. We see certain storylines that don't seem to deal with the trauma. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Point is, I think this is an excellent example of stepping into that territory with a very realistic approach. And that leads us over to science affection, double feature. Uh, kind of, actually, literally. There's two two stories in the science fiction section. So um, I knew I'd hit it at some point. All right, and our first story is Stowaway by Dawn DeBrawl. I adore this story. I love the relationship between 
like parasitic companion and human because it's just a fun and interesting idea. Um, and I absolutely love seeing Dawn put put out uh, some sci-fi pieces that mesh so well with her horror themes. I think she's so... She does it in such a way that's so complimentary and works so well. This was just truly an entertaining piece that had me hooked, and the ending was just so horrifically perfect. Uh, just an absolute delight to have read this piece. I loved it. And our our the second part of our science fiction double feature, The Switch by Matthew K. Chicono. Uh, oh my goodness, that was a phenomenal piece. The story itself is terrific, terrific in and of itself, but the way it ended was absolutely chilling. Just an awesome ending filled with so much power and impact. It's almost hard to fathom the repercussions of what's happening and will continue happening. And I really, really just enjoyed this piece. I think taking on that perspective was an interesting choice. And for me personally, I, I feel like it paid off. It's easy to envision like your own eyes from behind that helmet, you know, watching and waiting. So just, I thought it was a terrific, terrific, terrific story. And finally, in our fiction section, we have humor. And, oh my gosh, I'm totally going to get this wrong because I lose track. I don't know how you did it, Tim. Uh, happy 11111100110. Oh my gosh, I hope I did it right. By Timothy Law. <laughs> I think these pieces by Tim are the perfect entries for the world of myth and the perfect way to close the stories section. They just, they leave me smiling and happy and giddy. And honestly, they just, they just make me happy. So thank you very much for this super fun story. Uh, I love it. I want, I, I, I think there should, I think it needs to be said that there's like one every issue, just like the, Added on to the editor's note, you know what I mean, with the release. Like, they're just so fun. Okay. So that's going to take us over to poetry. And our first piece, Twilight by Kathleen Chamberlain. This poem is just breathtaking in every way one can imagine. I, it, it felt, for me, it felt like breathing. Kathleen just genuinely inspired awe in how she approached this piece. Uh, the vividness and the luxury and the seduction of how she delivered everything just, I don't know, it, it just made me feel the poem. Uh, like, I could, I could live inside this piece comfortably, like just a, a cozy blanket. Uh, just gorgeous, stunning amazing work Kathleen thank you so much for your entry and next up we have A Step in Time by Kate McDonald Dunbar I think Kate did a magnificent job translating an emotion that's not easy to capture it resonates in a powerful and a beautiful a beautifully brutal <laughs> way of recognition to its audience. I think this piece is definitely something that relates to so, 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 so many. Uh, and just, it's done in a way that it feels detrimental to our psyche in 
and surrounding grief. Uh, just a gorgeously tragic and beautiful and melodic poem, Kate. And next up, Battered and Bruised by Linda M. Sov. Oh, dang. <laughs> I love the idea behind this piece because it's a super unique perspective. And if I'm right about its inspiration, uh, what's so interesting is that it's the voice of the traditionally <laughs> vilified uh, getting their say. And it flows in such a powerful and enticing way. It's easy to feel empathy and comprehension and understanding. And I think Linda is so amazing at delivering that need and want in her pieces with such clarity and comprehension. Just absolutely fascinatingly and meticulously told, Linda. And next up, Corona plus flu equals Fluorona. By Peggy Gerber. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Peggy hitting the nail on the head here. This is a great way at really honing in on the exasperation we are all feeling. Just one cluster after another with no end in sight. <laughs> um, and it's spot on, you know. Good luck finding legitimate N95 masks. Anymore? Uh, anyway, yes. While I know we are all so, so sick of hearing about COVID and its impact, I think Peggy did a wonderful job in really illuminating the mental weariness of it all. And it's, it's just exhausting. It is. So, excellent way of conveying it, Peggy. And next up, Paradise Lost by Lynn White. Uh, wowza. I read that piece probably half a dozen times uh, because it's just, it hits, it hits the right spot when it comes to insight and curiosity. I love this piece and I love the context and the unknowingness of it all, the, the temptation of curiosity, all that. I think there are so many aspects of this poem that speak volumes of that vulnerability. So it's just an absolutely inquisitive. <laughs> I think inquisitive is a great word for this poem. Curious and delightful piece. Thank you very much, Lynn. And next up is Rhapsody in Stone by Sultana Raza. Sultana always leaves me in awe with how she paints her pieces in such a fantastical, magnificent way. And this is just another poem that it moves on its own. You know, I I think, well, there's a lot in common with rhythm and lyricizing, you know, poetry. Sultana's, this one in particular, it, it felt like a dance. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. It's just how I like felt while I was reading it um but that's probably the best way you know uh there's just so much movement to it and the lore that she captures so wonderfully that just it moves the audience you know so as usual gorgeous gorgeous work sultana and next the travails of a man of science by john gray i really enjoyed this piece it's a modernized take on the monster of Fra Frankenstein, I, I feel, at least, in a way that feels super refreshing and, forgive me, but, but fun. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, the piece, it's absolutely enrapturing, you know, following along this path of understanding just who our narrator is, what what their work is, uh, exactly what their goal is. And it's done in such a way that could be presented in a horrific, gory way, a la like a Dahmer-esque, you know, route. But rather, it's presented in a way that just feels curious in an almost innocent way. And I, re- I love that juxtaposition. So very enjoyable work, Joan. And next up, Stories by Anne-Christine Tabaka. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, yes. What a delightfully smart and unique and such a relatable piece. I feel like there's a lot this poem holds close to it, you know. It's, is it deciphering the creativity of a writer? Or is it delving into the mentality of someone coping with short-term memory loss? Is it the rekindling of a dream or an idea? Or the brutal rage of forgetting a word you knew two minutes ago? The the simplicity of this piece is, is its beauty. Because it conveys so much and feels so complete in its delivery. And I just adore this piece. And a final poem, Villain, by Kevin Magnus. This piece is absolutely vicious in the best of ways. And I, I hate to say I enjoyed this piece because it is just rife with absolute turmoil. But it just, it has a life of its own. And it legitimately, like, made me tear up because I know this feeling. And I know it, I know it so well. Uh, so on a personal note, holy crap, this is a wonderful exploration of wounds repeatedly being opened. Uh, the hauntings of the living being <laughs> just, yes, absolutely fantastic. But stepping back and trying to look at it from an unbiased point of view, it, it still holds so much weight, you know, just a, a phenomenally dark piece that sets the, the heckles up you know, with frustration and anger. Absolutely admire and love this piece. Awesome work, Kevin. And that takes us over to our art section and our first piece, The Lick King. The Lich King? Lick King? Hmm. Uh, By Vincent May. Gorgeousness. Oh my god, that blue and that cape. That's like, that's my perfect shade of blue. Like, holy crap. Uh, Okay, aside from the cape, the whole entirety of this piece is so cool and so methodical and detailed. It is so exciting to look at from one point of this design to the next and discover something new on, I love like on the left breastplate, uh, there's the tiniest hairline fracture and I, oh, that detail, I love that detail. I just love that kind of thought behind the delivery so stunning, stunning, stunning. I also just adore the overall armor design. I thought it was very, very cool. Gorgeous. And next we have Cyber Priest by Ed Bickford. I love the palettes. Ed Ed is, to me, like one of the most perfect palette designers, honestly. Um, it's designed so meticulously and smartly. Like, those contrasts are such perfection. Uh... I also appreciate, like, all the minute details that Ed always, always does so amazingly. This this is just a really interesting piece with such 
gorgeous art- artistic decisions that feel super satisfying to look at. The headpiece alone, just it's a gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. All right, next up, Smoking Will Kill Ya by Ryan Scherfenberg. This fella is truly terrifying in all the best ways. <laughs> I love the wildness of the anatomy. It's just, it's haunting. I won't even lie. I also think it, it looks really cool how the cigarette um, has like an x-ray feel to its value arrangement. I just think this is an absolutely entertaining piece that also unnerves in all the best ways. And the next piece, Toss a Coin by Jenna Sparks. This is my Witcher piece that, uh, probably one of my favorite, my favorite pieces I've gotten to sit and draw and stare at, you know? Um, not a bad subject at all to be stuck staring at for, you know, a couple, couple weeks. Uh, yeah, that was a fun piece. I still need to do Siri and, uh, Jennifer and... Uh, yes, gay. Oh my gosh. I, I have a whole Witcher thing I need to do. Okay. Anyway, that's fine. Uh, excellent work, Jenna. <laughs> All right. Next up, On the Prowl by Eric Rivera. I need to call Eric back. Uh, <laughs> seriously. Um, holy crap. This has got to be one of the most gorgeous things I've ever seen. Uh, the perspective angle. That one, that piece, that part of this piece alone is awe-inspiring, but the moon in the sky, like, it's just a perfect illustration, you know, especially with werewolves. The anatomy of the wolf, the, the shredded clothing, the articulation of the body, the stippling throughout. I love, love seeing Eric's exploration and concepts of different techniques because he always masters them so exquisitely. Um... You know, look at the veins on this guy's arms. Like, just perfectly detailed, gorgeous, stunning, phenomenal. And finally, we have Uncle Iro by Sirius Small. I will say this time and time again. The simplest looking, cleanest work is always the most difficult to execute. And Sirius did some gorgeous work in his execution. The lines are clean and simple. And the subtle shifts of the palette that stay true to the character. Uh, just a lovely, lovely piece that was done so well. And that carries us over to our final section of this month's issue, which are the reviews. And first of all, we have an interview with David K. Montoya by C.W. Winter. And in this month's issue, C.W. Winter sits down with Dave Montoya, owner and CEO of Dark Myth Publications, and dives headfirst into the creation, inspiration, and multitude of his journey as a publisher and creator. It's an insightful interview that gives us a nice bit of perspective at how, how far the magazine and Dave have come in the past 30 years. 30 years. 30 years. It's been a minute. All right, next up, the World of Mythbits podcast with Et Moi, Jenna Sparks. Uh, last week was a really fun episode. I had a lot of fun talking about it. Um, we talked about, uh, talked about a lot of things in the last episode. All right, next up is Review of Spencer by me, uh, where I review the movie Spencer. <laughs> um, the, the film stars Kristen Stewart, and I go into 
the ideas and everything about this this film that is admittedly a fictitious take, and I appreciate that. It was a very, very good movie uh, that we have to accept for what it is. Uh, <laughs> all right. Next up, we have Review of Imagist Poetry, edited by Peter Jones by Michael A. Arnold. Michael A. Arnold presents to us a take regarding the short-lived obscure poetry movement of Imagist Poetry as explored in the 1972 release of the same name. In it, we observe the meaning behind the concise language expected to be used in this poetic style and the poets who further expanded their own work with Imagist Poetry. Additionally... Michael suggests this is a title that deserves to be read by audiences outside of academia. Overall, just an interesting bit of research that, again, for me, uh, taught me quite a few new things. I love Michael A. Arnold's reviews. I eat them up. All right, next up, we have the game review for Avengers for PS4 by Corey Aspel. Uh, in this review of Avengers for PS4, Corey goes into detail about the game on console and the mechanics while also expanding on the introduction of Miss Marvel. In Avengers, as Corey explains, there's fun to be had in the main story progression, but the real joy comes from the co-op, where you can expand on the game's average average 11-hour run. Uh, runtime and grind. Uh, we also discover the game seems to be reliant on microtransactions or a lot of grinding. Overall, it seems like a worthwhile game to kill some time and relax and have fun. Uh, next up, a review of The School of Athens by Raphael by Michael A. Arnold. In this existential exploration... Michael delivers the goods once more in understanding of not only the Renaissance periods across the world and what inspired perhaps one of the most famous periods, the Italian Renaissance, including the Medici values of philosophy and art and further expanding on the idea of humanism. That carries us into the subject at hand, Raphael's School of Athens, a depiction of a handful of some of the most famous and important figures in history that aided in Sorry, I'm reading this so fast. That aided and curated ideologies that have carried us into philosophical concepts of today. It's a fascinating look at the piece as well as super informational and definitely worth a read. And finally, we have the Board of Directors Minutes. In December's Board of Directors meeting, the group comes together to discuss just a few things, including finances and the open contract challenges winners and moving forward. Also in discussion is PCE and Scarefare 2022, finances put forth and donations made. Ultimately, the meeting concludes as policies for 2022 excuse me, are plotted for the next meeting come January. That's it, you guys. That's it. Um, thank you for sitting with me for this this point in time. <laughs> that was a really great issue. I I don't know. I'm always having uh. I tend to like when I say you know at the beginning of the episode, and I'm I was going on and on about like. Oh, you know, something just ideas started clicking. Like, I really need you guys to know from my point, from a very, very personal point of view, like it's I haven't been a part of a writing community in a very long time. And I forgot how important that is 
too. And I think that may have been part of my problem is that I just kind of like Ned Flanders did, you know, like, or not Ned Flanders, <laughs> getting my memes mixed up. Homer Simpson, Homer Simpson, it and just sunk into the trees, the bushes, you know, um, because it's, I don't know, like, it's so inspiring and it make like, you guys make me remember how much I love to write and how much I love to read. I haven't even had time to actually sit down and read. So getting to read the issue every month and, and really having to, like, having to comprehend and go over it, like, it's, it's a big deal for me. And I don't know how to say this without sounding super cheesy, but it's a it it makes it just makes me remember uh the time that's required to be taken to maintain your mentality i hope that makes sense <laughs> because it's very easy it's very easy to forget to do the things and be a part of the things that you love and you enjoy and um you know, you know me. You know that uh, I'm not. I'm not the greatest when it comes to splitting up my time very well. So it's always very much a delight on a personal note, and then on you know such a big factor. I I just I love the environment of the world of myth. I think it's so fun. Um, yeah, I don't know why I'm rambling. <laughs> I've had too much coffee today, probably. It is part of it. I am currently working on the new cover. I'm going to finish that up so you guys should see it come the release of this episode. Um, and on top of that, we are getting ready. I say we. Um, <clears throat> we are. It is being planned and plotted to have... A very special guest come on and talk about a very certain release of a very certain book uh, in the next coming few weeks. So we're going to figure out the details and get that to you. I'm just in a good mood. I'm happy. Happy, you guys, uh, is what I'm getting at. So, until next time, you can find us at www.theworldofmyth.com on Facebook and Twitter at the World of Myth Bits Podcast and the World of Myth Magazine, and on Instagram at the World of Myth Bits. Don't forget to visit Myth Mart and get your copies of the calendar, of the books, all the books, of, of the clothing, all of the great and excellent stuff that is available at MythMart.com. Uh, yeah, that's it. That is it. Thank you for a wonderful issue and sharing it with us and allowing me to be a part of this community. Until next time.